Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Why so goofy? Gotta be lighthearted, like a child. Enter the kingdom like grown adults that know the Bible and are so serious. I'm gonna murder you with the knowledge in my brain. Like little children, Jesus said. Enter the kingdom like little children. That's your problem. You got all serious in your brain instead of serious in your inner child called your spirit, which is in your belly. You know what the other word for spirit is? Wind. You ever knock the wind out of someone? When we had hog piles and football in high school, and I played for Whitefish Montana in varsity football, we'd be getting hog piled and they'd be punching us in, in the stomach and trying to gouge our eyes out. Evil farm boys from Montana when I played football in high school. That's the best thing because they knocked the wind out of me a couple times. And when you get your wind knocked out of you, that wind word is the word pneuma, which is the word for your spirit. If you, if you didn't start breathing again, your wind would leave that body and fly to be with God, and then you'd be judged according to your works and your faith in God if you were to spend eternity in heaven or hell. But even the wicked have to appear before Jesus in heaven. Satan has no ownership of even death and hell. Revelation 1, Jesus holds the keys of death and hell. Satan doesn't own anything unless you're deceived and give it to him because you believe him. The only power Belial has for 2,000 years of the New Covenant is lies. Festering maggots. And if you don't believe the lies and you only believe the spirit of truth and you grow your spirit into full spiritual stature, you can laugh at all the lies in the world People might momentarily think you're crazy because you're pioneering stuff and you're not a lemming in the matrix because you're not brainwashed by sorcery because you're not dead, you're actually alive. People call it being woke. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nothing wrong with that. It's an accurate term. Amen. Waking up. Arise, O sleeper. Awake, O sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you through your mind and through your eyes which is your gate your mind is your gate and your eyes are your windows Genesis 7:11 and the gates and the windows of the heavens were opened in the new covenant the gates and the windows are the heads of nations amen you got to understand that because people have been trying to do it out there in space like idiots trying to practice witchcraft and sorcery, trading on the stars, instead of reading between the lines, <laughs> instead of understanding you're a temple, they're trying to worship star systems, you know? And you got all these people that believe in astrology and all this stuff about space and all the cool things of the stars, and it's like, don't you know your own eyes are the windows of the heavens? I mean, literally. Literally. Your body's the temple. And if you believe this word, it will activate the truth by the Holy Spirit and the fire of God will burn the scales off your eyes right now during this broadcast. And your mind is the gate of God. Your mind is the gate of heaven. 
It's true. The Apostle Paul walked in it. Jesus walked in it. I walk in it. Every overcomer walks in it because it's the perfect covenant where your body is a temple of the rivers of life. The seven spirits of God called the Father. And He will be marked on His forehead with the name of God the Father. Who? Everyone who has the heart of the Father is sealed in their forehead. First, you're sealed in your heart. Song of Solomon chapter 8, which is you, after you're born again, learning how to love. And these are the most critical, judgmental, religious people. Their hearts are black like Satan, the accuser of the brethren. 99% of Christians worldwide are, have the Satan's nature of being a judgmental accuser. And there's no love in them because they're religious. And so, after you're born again, you learn how to love in your heart. And if you stay in love, you'll go from glory to glory. You'll hit the mark of the high calling and you'll have a full release of the Lord Jesus' glory through your gate and through your windows. And then you'll change all minds in the world and remove all scales from all eyes in a blink of a moment. Literally. Just in a blink. Worldwide awakening. That's the mark of the high calling. That's what I set out for after I was born again. Not to do meetings, not to be an itinerant minister, not to start a denomination. The only thing that matters is that mark. Okay? And everyone knows about the mark of the beast because they're dead and Satan loves to scare people 666 microchips and guillotines. But the mark of the beast is Tubal Cain, the mark of religion in your brain and religion on your hand, the curse of living by the sweat of your brow. So obviously anyone that lives in the New Covenant or is born again is removed from that. You'd think. <laughs> You'd think. You'd be surprised. Set your love like a seal upon our hearts and remove the curse of Tubal Cain from our foreheads and from our hands that we may live in the love of God in the rivers of creative power and the breath of the Almighty. Amen. When you live in the breath of the Almighty, you get everything you say in the glory. And if you speak a lot, you just come out of the glory. You'd be like, oh man, you learn how to talk. <laughs> you learn how to speak from the voice of many waters, the river of life that proceeds through those who believe. John 7:38. Rivers gush from the guts of your glory stomach. For everyone who believes, there's geysers of glory gushing from within. The only issue is you got so much religion in your brain and it's penetrated down into your heart and it's penetrated down into your spirit that your spirit even serves the religious devil. His name is Abaddon in Hebrew and Apollyon in Greek. You serve the angel of death. It's time to serve the resurrection and the life. Amen. You'll know them by their fruit. Galatians 5, 19-26. You have the fruits of the spirit, holy, and you have the fruits of the flesh, unholy, clean and unclean, clean and unclean. Jesus Christ talked about unclean spirits 27 times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Unclean of the flesh, the spiritual fruit of the flesh, demonized people everywhere to the point where people had chosen sides in Israel, whether they're going to be with Jesus or the Pharisees, and everyone that was with the Pharisees was violently and brutally murdered by Titus of Rome in 70 AD. They crucified him naked upside down. All of them. Men, women, and children. True story. It's called the Diaspora. 
And if that happened with God's covenant people, the Jews, how much more severe will it be with the Christian Gentiles? It is written, Romans 11. Amen. Not to scare you, but to put the fear of the Lord before your eyes because that's actually written in the Bible in Romans 11. If God dealt so severely with the Jews, how is He going to treat the Gentiles that are now Christians, saved by grace? Well, I'm the Israel of God. Well, act like it. Be without spot and wrinkle in your heart and mind. Let your heart of flesh be totally glorified with love. Let the eyes of your heart be illuminated with the Word of God and the seven spirits of God. The Lamb on the throne, heal your heart and heal your mind from within. If you need an outside job, well, you're going to be ruled over. If you want an inside job, you're going to rule and reign with Him a thousand years. Do you want to be His subjects or His kings and priests? It it all depends. Your reaction to your inward transformation of your own heart, whether you're peasants for eternity or royalty for eternity, how you react to this message today, even. It's true. There is a chasm between the living and the dead, the flesh and the spirit. Well, don't you have a flesh? Yeah, but I don't live submitted to it. Hallelujah. Tremendous fruitfulness. I've been watching the fruitfulness increase in my life for 19 years. That's been the main, most important thing to me since I was born again. Because I've been trained of the heavenly Sanhedrin and born in Zion. (laughs) I've been with the angels for 19 years. And they healed me, they delivered me, they raised me from the dead. I was a brain-dead zombie from over a thousand hits LSD when I went into Teen Challenge. I'd do as much acid as I could as much drugs as I could, as much rebellion as I could. I was a real idiot, a younger prodigal son that went all in to rebellion. The worst of the worst. Four different high schools, went to juvie, eventually got locked up for 22 months for drugs and violence at age 18. Tried as an adult, even though I was an absolute little child in hell. Just dead inside absolutely hopeless. I remember getting on the Amtrak after I'd been expelled from my senior year of high school when the principal, my quarterback's dad, said to me, we don't want another Littleton incident, Brandon. We're afraid you're going to kill everyone at school. That's what they said. And there's two cops there in the principal's office. I'm 18 years old. I couldn't go out for football. I tried and I broke down crying in front of my coach that was the detective of the police force in Whitefish, Montana. And I said, I'm sorry guys, I am just too messed up on drugs. I am so screwed up, I can't even function. And I just walked out of there with my head in shame. What had happened was the grace of God had lifted off my life to live as a sinner. It was God that did it, that allowed me to taste the full impact of my own sin at age 18. And I was arrested, they found drugs on me. They had a marijuana sting. It was on the front page newspaper of Whitefish, Montana. It was just, it was horrible. Oh man, my lawyer wouldn't talk to me. They said my mom called my lawyer and said my son is so messed up on drugs. She had just flown out to see me as I'm living in the non-hostile hostel in Whitefish, Montana. Just a bum. 
Oh my God, even the, the manager at the non-hostile hostel was angry at me all the time and screaming at me because I was so demon-possessed and so dysfunctional and brain-dead from the drugs that I couldn't even clean my own area, which was to pay my dues to live in the non-hostile hostel. They'd give me a burrito a day. <laughs> I mean, like a, I was living like some kind of 65-year-old bum at age 18. I'll give you a burrito a day and a cot if you can clean the filth up from this hostel. And I tried, but I was so dysfunctional, I couldn't even do it. So demon-possessed. I remember looking in the mirror and watching demons walk across my eyes, thinking there's no way out of this hell that I've created for myself by my own darkness and being an evil person that I was done with at age 18. It was utter hopelessness. That was my condition when they handcuffed me and put me into the Amtrak and sent me to Teen Challenge three states away from Montana to Minnesota. And I get off the Amtrak, I see my mom and my stepdad and they bring me right into the intake room downtown Minneapolis. And there's the leader, Rich Sherber, Earl Gilchrist, the vice president, the head of staff, my mom and stepdad, all these old people around the table. And I'm looking at them, they're telling me it's a 12-month program. The judge in Montana had told me it was one month, and I'm court-ordered. Otherwise, I got like eight charges, even gross misdemeanors over my head. Telling me I can't go fishing in Canada, and I probably can't get a gun. <laughs> so, you know, I was just so angry. The whole world had caved in on me. And I'm just sitting there thinking, how am I going to run away? Here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to run away. That's what I was thinking. I'm out of here. I, you know, I've, I've been living on my own already at 18. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm, I'm ditching out. I don't care. I'll put a warrant out for my arrest. Who cares? And I look to my right, and there's this pastor from South Dakota, Pastor Graves, about 70 years old. And he looks at me with his glasses on, and tears are streaming down his eyes. And his eyes are so bright with the love of Jesus. I looked at him and I got real close because I'm in total hell and I'd never seen that before. And it was so bright that I just started thinking, oh my God, I've never seen that light before. Maybe there is a God. I had no faith. The only exposure to Christianity I had was going to Catholic school for nine years. Went to St. Charles Borromeo here and Titino Grace for a little bit. And uh, so I didn't believe in God, even though I got cornered to a Christian program. <laughs> and this pastor, with tears streaming down his eyes, is looking at me. He's like, you need this place. Son, you need this place. And I looked at him, and the agape love of God was so strong, pouring out of his eyes into me, it melted me. I had never felt love from a stranger before in my life. And for someone to be pouring out their eyes for me that they just met for 15 minutes, I said, okay, I'll give this place a chance. And I was actually a little excited about it because I thought I'd seen everything there is to see in this world. Had lived in 24 different states, four different high schools. You know, with my dad, we running from the FBI. And we lived all over Canada and Alaska and <laughs> all over America. And... Uh, Hallelujah. My dad and I are still best friends. Love you, Dad. And we just, it's just been 
I thought I'd seen it all, you know? I thought that was all there is. Turns out, I come into the program, and demons start manifesting in me, and they cast them all out. I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Waves of liquid peace coming through my legs, my mouth, started speaking in tongues. Had never heard of tongues, had never heard a person ever speak in tongues in my entire life. All alone in my, my intake room, age 18. Got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I ran to this pastor that was a former OG crack dealer from Chicago. Tribble, James Tribble. I said, what is this? He said, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Use it so you don't lose it. That's your new prayer language. It'll build up your faith. My faith jumped tenfold. I was in the winter of the year 2000, getting baptized downtown Minneapolis in the Holy Ghost. Immediately I saw a vision of Jesus dying on the cross and went right into the Bible. And I realized I'd been wrong about everything I'd ever believed in my life. All my science understanding of Darwinism was a lie. I believed in that. Everything that I'd ever known was a lie. And I, I was so angry at Satan for deceiving me my whole life and making me turn to drugs and alcohol and all the dumb stuff I'd done. I just absolutely dedicated my life to Christ. Whatever He wanted to do with me, I was all His. And I have no plans for my life. Like, literally. Because I didn't think I'd live to see age 19. There was, I mean, like I said, it took him three months to cast all the demons. I was so buried in hell, there was no light. There was no hope. And I thought I'd done everything there is to do in the world. And, and then there's this new world that just opened up for me. I said, whatever you want to do, do it. And he did. And uh, I followed through on my end of the covenant. And the Father has followed through on his end of the covenant. That was 19 years ago, and it's been an amazing journey. It has been so awesome. After getting born again, 22 months, getting trained by the best of the best of the assemblies of God, apostles and prophets, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Rich Sherber and Il Gilchrist did an amazing job, the best possible job they could do with what they had. And uh, it was really the top-notch, the... the upper echelon of what was available in the entire assemblies of God in the world. And I was, I'm so thankful. In Bible college for five years, we talk about the negative stuff, and if you understand it's because of the religious devil. These people were ignorant of religious demons, even at Bible college. They had no idea how real the demonic war actually is. They have no idea how real Hades in the underworld is. I forgive all of them, and I understood that as I was going through these times of testing. As I was walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and a lot of people, 22 of us, went from Teen Challenge to North Central University Bible College, and I was the only one that made it out of the 22 of us. And they got scholarships, and so did I. And they all went back into drugs and alcohol the first year. And I stuck around, and I watched them get picked off by demons, and I could see the demons, and I could see the temptations of lust, all of the sexual morality, all the pornography, all the alcohol, all the rebellion, and especially all the religion. <laughs> I mean, it was all there. I mean, it was a table of demons, and also a table of Jesus Christ presented before every single young man and young woman daily. 
And who has the fortitude and the courage and the bravery to say no to those temptations of the flesh and the pleasures of the flesh and the pleasures of the eyes and the pleasures of the mind? Only someone that's been delivered from it. Because people don't realize the tree of knowledge and the fruit and the pleasures of that tree for the flesh. They don't understand it always ends in death. But I'd been raised from the dead. Not that I didn't go back into sin a little bit, but I had understanding of the darkness even as I had to go through it. I wasn't perfect in Bible college. I haven't been made perfect, maybe not even yet still. <laughs> but you have understanding from deliverance of how to get through it and how to keep walking. Amen? <laughs> and you just brush it off. And you just keep going forward, always triumphing by the anointing. And you don't let the shame cling to you because you weren't perfect in that season. I mean, there's no man or woman or child in the world that's perfect except Jesus Christ, the gift of God for your spirit. So through all the suffering you go through in this world, you, le you learn to cling to Him and nothing else. No other gods, no other idols. And that's actually how your heart grows in love and that's how you grow in fruitfulness through what you suffer. You come to an understanding that nothing works in the world except Christ and His Word and His Spirit and His blood and His water. And then you go all in into His water, into His Word, into His blood, into His Spirit. And that's how you really begin to manifest the Son of God or manifest sonship. Because you've learned that there's nothing there in the tree of knowledge. Adam and Eve and our race, the human race, have learned through 6,000 years of suffering that there is nothing in the flesh. It's a bottomless pit, and it's lorded over by Abaddon, the angel of death. So we've come into the tree of life, and we've made our garments spotless. We've gotten all that, those stains of our own immorality and of our own idolatry and of our, our own lusts and our own religiousness out of our hearts and minds. We cast it in a lake of fire, and we're forgiven. And we walk with God in white garments. And we walk with God in confidence. <laughs> and we walk with God in holiness and in glory. Because Jesus died on the cross to raise us from the dead. <laughs> Amen. First born from among the dead. Hebrews chapter 1. He's the firstborn from among the dead. The problem is, is people didn't know they were dead. They thought they were alive. But then you realize, I am so dead in my human nature, in my human flesh, that unless my spirit clings to a spirit greater than me called the new covenant, attaching your spirit to God the Father, there is no chance that I'm going to have any victory in this life, in this world. Apart from God, there is no life. Apart from God, there is no victory. Apart from God, there is no fruitfulness. There is no joy. There is no love. So, a lot of people are rediscovering their first love, returning to their first love, and having their hearts melt with the Father's love. That even though you've played around with religion and you played around with rebellion a lot, and a lot, a lot, and you are totally deserving of punishment, you're not going to be punished, you're going to be washed, head to toes, and He puts a white garment on you. 
Amen. Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal sons. The religious gets washed and the rebellious gets washed. What took us so long as the body of Christ in Christendom is that the older one thought he was good. And now we're coming to the time where that older prodigal human goodness, that phileo goodness, is being forgiven. Because that is the most deceiving death of all. The religious spirit. Satan, the religious spirit. And so we come out of Satan in our brain. And we give our brain to Christ in our spirit. Right in your rich treasury of glory. And you lose control. And you disconnect from the fallen angels. And the fallen stars that control your brain in a matrix of religion. And you connect your brain to Christ. And you're forgiven all your religion all your pride, all your self-righteousness, and all the bitterness of the religious nature of the goat and the red dragon comes out of your heart. The bitterness comes out of your whole body and you're filled with the sweet waters of grace. You're filled with the laughter of the undeserved forgiveness of your sins. You're filled with the joy of Jesus who entered the Holy of Holies and is now seated at the right hand of God and you are in covenant with His Father, and you are adopted by His Spirit, and His Spirit leads you into all truth of what you are now as a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new. All things new. And it's going to get so good down here. All the nations will be washed because we've learned to love perfectly as our Father in heaven is love, as the Lord Jesus Christ is agape love. That same love that was first demonstrated towards me by Pastor Graves. Unconditional, undeserved love. Oh my goodness, it's going to melt the nations. It will melt all the hardness of heart. It will change every mind. It will remove the scales from every eye. Amen. As it's written, they'll search for death and not find it because religion has been removed. Religion is actually humanity's death. The mark of Tubal-Cain. Hallelujah. So I thank you, Lord Jesus, for putting your seal on these hearts of your unconditional, burning, living fire and love and the seven spirits of God, the seal of the resurrection through your hearts and minds for everyone. And may you learn to love everyone, even the religious that are the hardest to love. You can love the rich. You can love different tribes. You can love everyone. His grace is enough for you like a river of love pouring through your hearts and minds. Amen. And then you open your gate of your mind in the fullness of God the Father's glory and brightness will shine through your minds towards all minds and you'll remove the mark of Cain and the mark of religion the mark of being a human <laughs> the seal of being locked in the flesh will be removed from every human being's mind in the world now declares the Lord Almighty in the name of Jesus Christ we love you guys be blessed we'll see you tomorrow